0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Christian, and as always, thank you so much for listening. Always put it out there, if you or anyone you know are in the creative realms of music, art, photography, filmmaking, whatever have you, and you want to be on the podcast, hit me up or have whoever you know hit me up. Love meeting new people, love having new people on, and just shooting the shit about What you do, what they do, and learning about all these unknown entities and creative realms in the world. Um, Just want to put this out there. If I sound nasally, if you hear sniffling, sneezing, or anything, I've been working outside in the smoke, and I am full of phlegm. The Mucinex man has been jumping out of my nose. It's terrible. So, just want to apologize in advance for that, but I'll try and keep keep it contained that being said and all the disclaimers out there we're just going to get right into today's episode this week we are joined by sean Monastat. how's it going bud hi good how are you uh, aside from uh aside from congested not too bad it's was thursday yeah it's thursday <laughs> oh. forgot what it was for a second <laughs> thursday at
1: 17 16 nice sunny day um less much less hazy than yesterday. Um I woke up with with a bit of congestion, not black boogers like I thought, but I would have mostly it's been in the eyes that have been irritating.
0: My eyes have been getting it too. It's my allergies this year have just been terrible. So it's like this on top of it. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. I, by the time I lay down at night my head feels like it's gonna explode. It's great. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well think I mean this is um a benefit that i was thinking about yesterday of of us being in the post pandemic um is that masks have been normalized such that you can you know no one's going to look twice at you for walking outside you know with a mask you know and hopefully you know masks are easier to come by now so we we're a little bit more protected from these uh wildfire situations that are uh, only going to increase in number
0: oh yeah yeah i've seen people wearing a Wearing masks and Snapchat videos outside, taking videos in the smoke and all. Are you here? to so talking like this about <laughs> I'm like, oh no! <laughs> it sounds like when people are on the phone and uh, the peanuts, <laughs> like right, you know, you yeah. and stuff. But yeah, it's that is one good thing. We are used to the masks, and I mean, I wear it when I perform and everything too. So I, I <laughs> and work. So it's like I'm I'm always used to wearing a mask. Right? Yeah, you're ahead of the game for sure now you yourself you're a performer you do some badass music we'll throw it out here for the first time i'm sure there's going to be more times but july 8th we get to play another show together different project for me but i'm excited to see you again because i think we played what at the nail
1: yeah we played at the rusty nail um yeah i played there i guess once since then but that had to have been at
0: least like three years ago yeah, that that was a fun show. It was what? Yeah. Hateful Scarecrows, you, Bad Electric, and then what uh, was their name? Corporate Alien or something like that. Electric. I know who I know who it is, but they were always changing their their name. Right. So uh, but Bad Electric is cool. Um, oh yeah, and Bad Scarecrow's Electric are
1: now um are now the Soviet. And they're dope i haven't i haven't actually got a chance to see them
0: live yet but i i was it's just at out. uh their show because you know it's got to support the old bandmates and everything mm-hmm. and it's like and also they're just great friends of mine but saw them in a uh, gloucester city this past week i'm also feeling like crap because i uh yeah i don't remember much from that
1: night. <laughs> that was
0: the last show at thomas murphy's right yeah
1: that that. Uh, I only went to one other show there and I was like, wow, this place is pretty cool. I look forward to coming back. And now it's like, they're not going to have shows.
0: Yeah. I, I will I went because I'm like, "Oh, cool. There was some people I was excited to meet, excited to see the guys, see old friends mm-hmm. and also check out the venue. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like the moment I walk up they're like, yeah, this is the last show here. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's pretty really
1: cool. I, was, I, was, I went there to see, um, uh, my friend Fat Monster Matt, um, who does a similar thing musically to what I do, and I, like I've been looking for you know places for us to book together, and I was like, let's do this, man. Eh.
0: So it seems like more spots are popping up, though. I'm catching wind of more places and everything. So that's something with Jacob and I doing this show here. We want to see how the, the, our styles of music, because you know we're all similar in, in some ways, but very different for like you know like one person bands and everything so that's why i was like i'm very happy with this bill right But uh, yeah i'm stoked it's gonna be fun i Let's... have not um
1: yeah i've not i've not played out there that uh this is my furthest i guess eastern jersey show really yeah oh shit well I mean, we got you know it the place i played in, in jersey i've played like jersey city and um Trenton
0: and um yeah that's about it jersey <laughs> shit well happy to add you to the list of this and we're gonna have to do more stuff after this for sure mm-hmm. but, but let's uh let's dive into you what um right. what got you in the music <laughs> very bad wording
1: <laughs> Not music, oh, so um like earliest earliest influences return of the living dead um like i remember seeing that um like on hbo or something when i was like six and that got um that really has it all because that has zombies and punk rock and like the stripping chicks like it's got um you know like like from from then on my life was pretty much like a downhill slope you know between that and then um really early on uh, seeing Hellraiser too. And then I guess like my early artist influences when I was growing up would be like uh, like Depeche Mode, Billy Idol, Dead or Alive, like kind of like, you know, the MTV introduction of like punk and um, electronic music meets um like gay culture, punk fashion, BDSM, all that kind of crap. Let's say like meeting its nexus in like 86 and 87, something like that. And um so that's also about the time that I got into like like video games, you know? Yeah. Like Tindo and shit. So um that's where um like the music that I do is Let's Disinfect is um like it's basically like pop punk or horror punk music in the style of like green day i guess would be that's like the band that got me to pick up a guitar Um, so we'd say like lookout style punk from the 90s but done on a game boy so it has like the video game sound and influence but also I'm able to get away with some dance or electronic things like synth lines or like four on the floor dance beats um that you wouldn't find in like traditional punk songs yeah it's kind of the um kind of the whole aesthetic behind um the music side of of let's disinfect if that answers the question, I guess the question was what got me into music. So it turned into that other stuff but Yeah, what got me into <laughs> it's music. <all> good. <laughs> would be horror movies and MTV. And then when I was like, you know, puberty times, like 12 years old, long, long comes a green day. And then I picked up, uh, you know, I wanted to play drums. Um, but that was, you know, bigger and louder. And, and, and as far as like, you know, what my parents would get me. Um, you know, so my first band, um, first started playing bass in a band, um, when I was like 16. It was like a Christian nu metal band. Um, it was called Circle One, which I later found out, um, was there's also a hardcore band called Circle One. Um, huh. it was like from the 80s or something. But yeah, we were terrible. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like Jinko's, like, um, kind of like i guess like limp biscuit would be like the style look but um you yeah, know we had a singer who played keyboards and had like you know uplifting lyrics and stuff it was bad i got kicked out of the band when i got food poisoning I oh. in the hospital and um like they called me up to kick me out of the band and it was because um i was too um like you know punk rock like literally like they um they didn't like that i was into green day and bands like that. And they were into bands like um, like I said, like Corn, Nirvana, Deftones. So
0: wait, so they kicked you out because you liked Green Day, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, it was so traumatic. Like, <laughs> it's funny though, a a Christian like band like Limp Bizkit, Corn and all that. <laughs> like, right. It's yeah. but you you were you didn't fit the part because you were just into Green Day. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I guess maybe they knew at the time that uh, I think it's Head from, um, uh, Corn is like a super Christian you
0: now. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh,
1: guitarist,
0: right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, those are those
1: are good times.
0: So now, with that, did you uh, did you guys like record and everything or play? I out? have,
1: to, I have the um. We never like recorded professionally while I was. Um, they never like recorded professionally. They did go into a studio after I was in the band, but I never. Um, they never released anything. I have um, garage demo tapes.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Um, and yeah, like some of it's. I don't know any. I don't talk to any of the people anymore. But some
0: of it's. Some of it's really funny. That that's one thing I love. Like. I, I'm one that ever since I started doing music, I just I kept everything: mm-hmm. show flyers, demos, like right. d- demos uh-huh. and stuff of bands that uh, like I played shows with, like that I just collected. I never got rid of anything. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I saw someone the other day. They mentioned like this one band I used to play at Waretown Town Fire Hall with in like 2008, and they're like, I really want to listen to this band? I'm like, dude, I think I got their CD. They're like, wait, <laughs> what? like oh yeah i totally got their cd laying around somewhere (laughs) they're like no fucking way i'm like yeah man i'm like it's fun keeping that stuff it's like a time Mm -hmm. capsule
1: yeah especially especially stuff like bands you played with while on tour and and yeah i have um yeah i mean i have all the i have all the demo tapes and, and like you know stuff like yeah collected it's like a separate box of um I don't know. I guess we're on a podcast so it doesn't you can't see things. But behind me if you would see there's like um yeah like all the the all my CDs and stuff and like professional bands and stuff are like put away but like all the stuff that I have out um displayed is like just you know my friends crap you know and like local stuff and um and feels better. That's based DIY authenticity.
0: that's basically what i do all the other stuff is like put away in totes but then i had the stuff i have like out in my room and everything's all like the the bands i've played with bands i've been and just like the shit like that to keep on hand randomly when someone mentions something i just pull it out oh you mean this yeah (laughs) it's fun yeah i mean for a for a
1: while i was trying to do a um like a tape label i got a. um like a like tape duplicator and I was like I'm gonna start putting out like tape splits and um right it didn't it didn't like I it, the pandemic hit and like of course like a lot of things that just kind of fell by the wayside but um I have like so much um yeah just like demos and like um production crap like you know CD sleeves and tape boxes and stuff um from from trying to do that um so
0: that's kind of kind of reminds me. Oh, I should get back into it. Should get back into it. That sounds sweet. It's a lot of like the DIY. Oh yeah. yeah, I I've never made like tapes or anything. I just went through you know like a company, but I could only imagine the time it takes to do all that.
1: The production side of it's fun though. I do like I enjoy the, the arts and crafts, and like the. You know the, the actual cutting of paper and gluing and, and stuff like that. It's mindless, you know.
0: Once you get like a nice system down with it, that's when it's just like you know you put on a good movie or put on like an album or something. You just kind of get in the zone. It's it's mm-hmm. not too bad then. For me though, until I find that groove, I'm just like skidding around.
1: <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. Uh, we moved into this. We used to have a a studio space um last year the that was like had you know an actual recording studio my wife and i lived in and um in fishtown and um we moved in january um and still i'm getting like in, in used to this like like still moving into this new space and we're like months and months in um haven't gotten anything i mean got released um like two singles for our band uh, give me the knife since we've been here but it's um as far as less disinfect goes i've not put out anything um new um since we moved in here but i have two eps on the way and um but yeah like if you could see the like the guitars are everywhere and um like i've like a an arcade cabinet that's like half dismantled over here like fucking boxes of tapes like it's just a fucking <laughs> destroyed, destroyed mess in here
0: and um, you know it does kind of put a
1: f- crap in one's
0: uh, production it, it, you'll fall into it though it, you'll fall in it, yeah. that's that's what sucks though because it's like you know you gotta do all the everyday life shit like work and all that while trying to do that but mm-hmm. it, it it'll jump in now, yeah. after uh, after the Christian band, what band g- came next? Like what project? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so
1: uh, um, yep uh, after that uh, came the um, punk rock band, uh, the Monistats, Um we formed in uh, in West Palm. Florida back in 99 and uh, eventually moved up to Gainesville in like 2001 and we're active in in Gainesville, Florida for a while Um, and that was fun, we played like the Fest um, a couple times and um, did like some like minor touring around the southeast, Um, released a couple, uh, released one album and a couple EPs and those are good times um played our last show in like 2010 and still have um I'm actually releasing we're, we're re-releasing um an EP this month for a book fair which um was one of our singles on a compilation uh back in like 2002 or something but I'm doing a dance remix and shit, and um It'll be fun. But anyway, yeah. um, yeah. And then from then, um, starting in like 2005 or something, I started getting more into like electronic music. And um, I had a uh, a project called DJ Cadaver Junkie for a while, which was like drum and bass, um, hardcore industrial chip. And um, yeah, so... Let's just, in fact, officially started uh, in 2013, but before that, um, I want to say it was in 2009, uh, Korg, the keyboard company, came out with uh, this uh, synth program called Korg DS10 for the Nintendo DS. And um, once I got that, that's when I started doing like video game music, per se, or whatever. And I did like a couple like punk rock songs underneath, you know, to Deshaun Monastat that were in that, you know, Chip B kind of style before I. Delved into the project full time. As uh, let's just um, that. But then like throughout that, uh, God, uh, I had this uh, industrial band in New York called Thor is a Unicorn for a while and um, that took up a lot of time (laughs) not to be like super negative for a while but that was like a project that like man you know um, we had like an album recorded and stuff but it never we never released it because we broke up but that was a couple years that I spent uh, doing doing a project that wasn't punk rock but yeah, so I've been doing the Let's Disinfect thing on and off like you know forever, but officially since 2013. And um yeah, got like a lot of a lot of crap all over like covers and, and singles on on um, compilations and shit. But um, yeah, my next my next plan, I have a uh for, for Pride Month, I'm releasing um A cover of Against Me is FML666, and that's going to be up on, like, maybe uh, in a week or something like that. However long it takes distro kids to do their shit (laughs) on all the streaming platforms and stuff. And then um, my uh, next original EP is um, called I Can Save the Blood Bank, and it's about... Um, this one episode of of Tales from the Crypt that has Malcolm McDowell when he's like a vampire who um, is like a security guard at a blood bank. Um, It's really good. The episode, not my song. Um, Song's okay. But uh, that's (laughs) going to be like, (laughs) that's going to be, I'm putting that on like as a four song tape. um, Looking to do that by our show.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, At some uh, point in time in the next month or two.
0: <laughs> okay. Now, when it comes to, now you write everything, like the drum track and like the synth mm-hmm. tracks and everything's on the, uh, like the DS program you said. That, yeah. I wonder if that's the same thing, like Vomicord he uses. I, I know he's got like an old school, like Game Boy. It's mm-hmm. not a DS. So,
1: yeah. Well, no, the, um, it's, it's, When I play live, um, well, it goes back and forth. Yeah, he probably, like, if it's, like, one of these doodles. Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, 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 the DMG, like, original Game Boy, they have a program, I don't know if it's the same one he uses, but I use one called um, LSDJ. And for that, um, like, the the DS program, it's a synth program where you have to create the drums um, using like synthesis like you can't it doesn't import samples so it has a much it has like a you know like a 32-bit sound it's like very like you can make it sound good you know like you can make it sound either like chippy or not chippy basically um and the album that i have out using that um program like it's hard it's hard to to do both on the same album because they sound very, very like distinct from each other the game boy and the ds so yeah. lately like live i just use the game boy because i um they're funner you know and it since you can sam- use samples with it what i've done is you know sampled my own drum set for all the drum hits so that way when i program the drum set or program you know the drum tracks it doesn't necessarily sound like me playing, but in my my head, it does, you know, it's like, Oh, that's my drum set. And this is the way I would play it. (laughs) Um, So yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, so the next the next two EPs I have coming out are going to be on the Game Boy in that like 8-bit style. But I have um, a one off song that came out on a compilation uh, back in two thousand five, um, about the uh, the comic Watchmen, you know, and um, and I realized that, that one fell off a of fucking um, YouTube because of the uh, label going under or something like that. So now that that's off of YouTube, I'm like, I'm going to take my song back. So once I get um, sometime, I'm going to make like some cover art and throw that one um, up on Distrokid. And that one is, like, a, uh, a uh, DS-style one. Yeah. Awesome. Like if, if I'm if I'm playing, like, a headlining show or whatever, I'll bring out both the DS and the Game Boy, but usually it's just easier to do one or the other.
0: It, it just still amazes me, like, because I, I saw Jacob do it, like, maybe, like, 2015, 2016-ish. I think that's when he started, like, Vomit Court and all that. Mm-hmm. And he showed me the Game Boy and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, what the hell? Like I was amazed by it that you could be making music on a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, like I really had a it was it was so liberating
1: to to discover that at a time in um at a time in my life when I moved up from like Florida up to Jersey City. And At that time the New- the chiptune scene in New York was pretty awesome. and um, it coincided with a lot of you know open mic opportunities and a lot of um, creativity, um, you know like not competition, but just like you know influence going around everywhere. And um, uh, and, and the best not the best part about it, but um, I, I got to ride a lot of public transportation and having um being able to create music on the game boy mixed with you know hours spent at subway stations you know oh, fuck, i missed my train i'm going to be here like overnight um i just got a lot of time alone to create like like i have like backlogs of music still from that time you wow know? um and now that i you know now that i'm living in philly and driving and stuff like i have like like wow, I I missed some of my most I miss I miss that um you know those times of like isolation late at night stuck outside.
0: It kind of it, <laughs> it, it almost forces you to work on stuff because you're like ah mm-hmm. screw it I'm just gonna have to pull out the Game Boy start writing some music. But I mean exactly, it, it's good though too because it's like without so much going on when it's like all right this is what I have to do then it's like. Then you can just kind of sit and really tinker with everything and really mm-hmm. learn stuff and write stuff. So that's the beauty
1: behind the Game Boy, in general, or I guess like music uh, created on old systems is that is the limitations and working within the limitations. You know, um, so like yeah, like you can just like sit there and, and tweak forever because at least on the Game Boy, you're limited to... You have, like, four channels, right? So the way I look at it is I got one channel for the drum samples, one channel for cymbals, one channel for bass, and then one for, like, guitar. So I kind of, um you know, I sequence everything like a Ramones track, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, that's just, like, yeah, that's all you have, you know? So it's, like, you can... You can hook two Game Boys up together and stuff, but um, I do that, like, I've only done that for, um, I have this one-off, like, uh, drum and bass EP floating around that's, like, two Game Boys and, like, you know, filter effects and pew. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's badass. (laughs) It's fun. Now, along with the Game Boy for Let's Disinfect, you also do do vocals over it and also Mm -hmm. guitar right add, like uh yeah yeah
1: so i mean i've been looking yeah uh that's that's the whole layout the live production thing involving i thought i finished the soda and it's like squeaking at me or <laughs> making that popping noise that they bubbles anyway um yeah so yeah the guitar the guitar has always been a major part of it like um there's been like a couple shows where i've just sang and done like the hardcore running around gg style in the audience thing um but that um, I don't know. Like when when the music is so basic and, um, uh, and and stripped down as it is on, like you know, just with the four channels on the Game Boy. I do think that having the guitar on top of it does flesh it out. It puts it puts it in a, um, a it puts it in a, in a punk rock context. You know. Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm doing an electronic show, then you know I would just. I, there are, there are times when it's been like. Much easier to just show up with the Game Boy and my mic and like sing and do it that way, but um, it's a lot funner to do it with the guitar. And the newer recordings that I'm doing have like god, like this the newest DP I'm working on, um, Paleo War, um, is got like 60 guitar tracks on it right now, like it's it's fucking nuts.
0: What 60?
1: yeah, I'm going, it's, um, go, I'm going for like a Boston kind of thing with it, like dueling leads and um, like, like, oh, here's a little breakdown with like a clean guitar. Woo! Like nothing that's able to be replicated live at all. But, um, you know, that's what, that's what having like the studio only, um, like in transition of moving, like I've just been sitting there with the guitar and adding more and more guitar tracks to it over and over, like trying to outdo fucking, um, Billy Corgan or
0: something <laughs> that is pretty awesome though And it's like having that stuff that you don't exactly play out but you can just really tinker with and be like how far can I push myself musically like mm. th- those projects are great I'm I'm excited shit to hear that 60 guitar tracks oh my
1: god <laughs> that's maximalized that's you know um and then the fun then the fun part is like it's not like like I'm not a good improvisational guitar player. But I can remember you know the different leads or whatever. and then like, ooh, which part or like you know, which of the layers of the lead am I gonna do And you know, which, at which time I play live or whatever. Um, I have done this song live before, so it's worked out okay. But um, it would, I mean, it would be cool to have like actual like, um, I've made like a few attempts to find like bass players and drummers and shit, but um, last few years it's been especially hard. And um, in general, like, um, you know, drummers are hard to come by, and, and bass players, are, like, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to market this project, um, you know, because it's like, I want it's like, you know, it's too electronic for punk and too punk for electronic. But that's always been the point is to, like, the funnest shows are the ones that are, like, where people haven't seen something like this before.
0: Exactly. It's those shows really are the best. And like mixing electronic and punk and all that, it's two very high energy music styles. So it's like mm-hmm. to me, I always love the combination of the two. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like the moment I heard you play, I'm like, all right, this is awesome. So it's like here I I imagine how it would be do like a you know, a full band lineup. Like I'm really curious.
1: I mean, it'll have, it'll be, it'll happen one day. Once I, once I like, you know, I tried to start also like, um, I had like a practice, I, I started a, a power pop band, um, kind of like in the style of like the Exploding Hearts or um, I don't know, like something like that, like, yeah, you know, power pop, the Cheap Trick or something. But like, um, I was gonna like, you know, once I got them in the band, be like, oh, also you're gonna do this too. You know, the hard part is like, you know, when I do like, you know, some of the songs that have like double bass and shit, like that's that's always a hard one to find people to find punk drummers who do like double bass or something. But um, I'm looking to do um so after our show coming up, um, I'm trying to book a little thing in August like a little uh, like mini Southeast tour and um, I'm trying to hit um, Georgia and North Carolina, maybe Tennessee. Um, That's the
0: upcoming project. That'll be fun. I I keep saying I want to book a tour of some sorts, but it's just like the time and everything. I'm just like, "Ah, yeah, yeah." then time flies by and I'm like, shit. Mm. I didn't do it Still, yeah I, I, I got to push myself though it's hard yeah, yeah. I'm
1: not I'm not I'm, I'm not super I'm it's hard it's hard to write emails like I'm, it's hard to sell it's always hard to sell oneself you know and, and do like the marketing bit of things you know like it would be so much easier just to be like I don't know have someone do it for you yeah <laughs> Like just uh, at least at least that aspect. Like that's the one part of of um, of music creation I I hate is like the is is the booking and the um yeah, the communications, <laughs> marketing and shit. You know, it's the worst.
0: Yeah, it it does suck trying to put yourself like on that pedestal. Like, hey, check this shit out. Like and like really trying to because. I feel like I, I don't want to be too pushy with my stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: hate, like, doing the constant posts and everything. It's just like... Yeah. I did start a
1: tick I, I I got a TikTok account. I said I never would, but I did... haven't done anything with it yet, or even, like... I guess I signed up for it, but haven't, like, started it or whatever. And um, because, you know, I need to... The way that I've seen it done, I mean, you just got to make, like... You gotta shoot 60 things in advance or something so that we can parcel it out, you know, little by little during the day to keep it active. And that's so much work. Yeah. Unless you do it like with a program that does it for you. But that's just it's it's I'm sounding old or whatever, but it does take <laughs> so much modern social media has taken so much of the joy out of my creative um process in the past couple of years
0: it has It's like
1: <laughs> tick that's, that's terrible to say but it's exhausting
0: it, tiktok like i i always hated tiktok but recently i kind of grown to not mind it and uh actually started like networking like met mm-hmm. people on there I had on here and stuff and like started meeting like cool artists and musicians and stuff and started to get my stuff out there more but it was like it was really starting to blow up what it was like. I was posting like a video every day and I'm just like, this sucks. This right. is the last thing I want to do. But then like I factored out, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to sit there and lip sync to Hanson like and do mm-hmm. a dance. I'm not going to do that. Uh Right. I mean,
1: you're like your drum videos and stuff are something to offer. that is like interesting and, you know, that's like it's you it's a you know product that is
0: unique to you thank you it's like with it though it's like then i see the people like with nice video nice audio like doing like covers just high energy just like and i see all the views stuff i'm like oh man i gotta figure out a better setup but like one thing i started doing was just like all right same goes for you like since you know you love horror stuff and all that I started mm-hmm. just, I don't know if you're a horror collector, but I started posting mm-hmm. stuff like from my horror collection, like uh, mm-hmm. my Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, like promo items from video mm-hmm. stores. I posted a video of that and that blew up. And I was right. like, I, I didn't feel so bad about it because I'm like, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Mm-hmm. And now I met all these people that love Texas Chainsaw 2. Right. And like that got people into my stuff. Like they started checking out the music and everything. I'm like, all right. That, I mean, that's not bad I'd have to shake my ass
1: <laughs> that's, that's a really Yeah I mean that's that's brilliant I mean that's like the um, That's a really good point That's kind of like the Merle Merle Allen style of, of Promotion not promotion but like You know um, he, He's able to maintain A lot of extra Curricular and, and get New fans and stuff due to like his Horror um, like serial killer Collecting and stuff
0: you know, I, I have a photocopied letter of his from John Wayne Gacy that was marketed <laughs> as real. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it was. Uh, unearthed films did a thing for the movie Torment and yeah. one that advertised things that came with the one set was. A John Wayne Gacy prison letter. Mm-hmm. Like, I never wanted to own this before. <laughs> I'm like you know what I just got a tax return. Fuck it. I'm just I'm just gonna go for it. Mm. I get it. I'm opening up. I'm filming up like an unboxing video. That I see the letter. I'm like, this thing isn't folded. It looks photocopied. That's not a signature in ink. No. Then uh, Stephen Biro of uh, who's in charge on Earth was like, said a thing out. Yeah, it came to my attention that the letters aren't real. I'm like, dude, no shit. <laughs> like. <laughs> These things are totally not real, and uh, so he made right and got real letters from it was the dude that actually was dealing uh Gacy's art out of prison for him. Oh, wow. so it's letters from Gacy to him, mm. and I got a real one. And I'm sitting, there, I'm like, well, this is fucking weird. I'm <laughs> like, what do I what do I do with this now? Wow. But with with Merle, though, it was great. Though I can't, I still have the fake letter, mm-hmm. but but it's crazy because like you see, like Gacy like asking about Gigi and everything, and some of the letters and stuff other people got, like so weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, weird. I mean, like I I did, I, mean, I had like a huge Gigi phase, and then I did, um, you know, got over it. Um, long story, like, uh, but. I still have um I got rid of all the records and shit, but I still have the my prison walls book, and that's like fucking that's amazing. I still have a lot of um affinity affinity towards that. And um I don't know, like like you know, I mean serial killers are becoming like they go through the zeitgeist every you know couple years and um you know I do I have a lot of um and I, I try not to be like I mean like my songs can be super duper specific because, um, like I mean I try not to be like here's Night of the Living Dead song about it's called Night of the Living Dead you know yeah sometimes I do because um, it's funny um, <laughs> the Misfits like, approach if it, if it, yeah I mean there's different approaches but like 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 I have a song called Criminal Minds which has about ten words in it. And um, so I say, here's the song Criminal Minds. It's about you know, show criminal minds, you know, and the description of the song can be longer than the song itself. And that's a joke. Um, uh, but like, I have a song about Pan's Ram. I got one about, um, about uh, Dahmer. Um, but yeah, like kind of feeling, I don't know, every once in a while, I, I'm like, you know, you, I don't want to be like super specific. You know, like, I mean, not that anyone's going to like read the lyrics and stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, you don't want to glamorize things and you don't want to, um I don't know, you want to have sympathy for the victims and situations and shit, but gore punk is such a weird thing, you know? Oh, I do yeah. Try to, I mean, I, I, of course, I try to make it as extreme and gross and um, gory and uncomfortable as possible because that's, you know, that's just the style of punk I'm into. But. Yeah.
0: I mean, any, anyone a, that this is
1: definitely all in uh, sat, not satire, but you know,
0: yeah, it's any horror fan. It's like, yeah, there's yeah. the real life stuff, but any horror movie you watch, there's some influence from somewhere of shit that kind of happened in real life. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, as you said, like, as long as you're not glamorizing it, like it's, yeah. it's in- very interesting stuff. But it's mm-hmm. like the the people that it's like, oh my god, I'm Ted Bundy's bay. No, you're not. You right. that's the last thing you want to be. Exactly.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, very good point. I mean, I, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to get into forensics. Like that was my first initial um, you know as a as a kid going in the going into school. I wanted to go to school for, but then I had like you know this change of consciousness. Like, wait, I would be like a fucking cop, you know? <laughs> like, I would be I'll be working. Wait, I mean, I would actually be in law enforcement. What? So um that was you know. And then I I was like an ENT for a little bit, and then work just working around cops was was bad enough. So like yeah, which is a shame, you know. I mean, there are like people that you know do freelance crime solving and stuff, but they don't, they don't let you do freelance, um, you know, on the internet going up, you know, like they don't let you go into the morgue and stuff.
0: Yeah. So. Boo-hoo. Mentioning getting too close to cops. <laughs> I saw today on my way home, There's an accident okay. and it was a bad accident. You see everyone K turning in the middle of the road. So I, I do the same to go a different way. I'm on the shoulder, though, now after the turn, because I see a cop coming, driving in the lane of opposing traffic. So everyone's off to the side, rushing towards the scene. This this old dude just whips his car out to cater. The cop just T-bones him on his way to the accident. Uh. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I wish my work truck had a dash cam. Holy shit. And you just see the both of them get out, just hands on the hips, just staring at <laughs> both cars, like, "Oh, would you look at that? Oh, oh, look what you did! Oh, a cop did that. Where is he? I'd like to get a look at." Oh <laughs> it's, my god, it's the funniest thing. I was like, "I'm only laughing cause the old dude was all right," but I was just well, like, "I mean,
1: like." Yeah, that nobody got hurt, but like,
0: jeez. But like, he he did not look because he just whipped it like right when the cop was. It was timed so perfectly that I had that split second of going ah, and then just nah. Mm. Oh God,
1: <laughs> it'll show up. I mean, somebody, somebody, I'm sure has has footage of that. Oh every, yeah, every everyone other than us have a, have DMs. Pretty much. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't so that, want, so they, they film what goes on in the car too,
0: which, is, which could be good. Could be bad. It's very terminating. Yeah. <laughs> so you also have a project with your wife. Mm. Give me the knife.
1: Yes. Um, yes. That is. Uh, yeah. Um, we got, we're, we're a, um, electro industrial, um, I guess, dark wave band, um, very synth oriented. Um, it's all like, you know, drum machines and shit. We go, um, going for like a, um, I guess the biggest influences would be like skinny puppy, the nation, um, Pups the Berserk, bands like that, you know, but, um, with more of like a 80s Depeche Mode or Dead or Alive production value. And um yeah, so we, we just released a new single called Dance for the Dead. That's up on um, all the medias and stuff. Um, we're shooting a video for that now. We've got about half of it done, uh, but the uh, recent air quality has put off um, filming because the last things we have to do uh, involve shooting in the cemetery, obviously. Like you do, videos. <laughs> so um, yeah, as soon as we can shoot <laughs> outside again, um, we'll wrap that video up and be posting that. And um, yeah, uh, we haven't done our last show was in New York, God, right before the pandemic. So it's been years, and then we, you know, put project off for a couple of years but now we're back at it and um it's fun you know I mean, it's 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 great to to be in a project with my wife because she's awesome. Um she writes you know the words and um does the singing and launches the samples and stuff. And um it's great to you know because she's um you know not only really talented and my wife and all that and I love her um, but you know it's great to um have like a, a bandmate that you um you know can tour with and get along with and all that shit. Um, but it is you know hard to coordinate two schedules, yeah, much, <laughs> much less when you have like a band with three. Um,
0: so. it's nice too, because it's a whole it's a whole new bonding thing with the two of you as well. So it's like, it's the life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that was always the point. You know, kind of like um, I mean that's yeah, that that's the end goal. <laughs> be, it, be in a band with someone I love and just never stop touring.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great.
1: We're getting there. Okay. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That, you said uh that you said that there's more music coming out with that too?
1: Yeah, um, we have, um, I earlier mentioned um, the tape label that I was working on. So we have um, pretty soon the the Give Me the Knife single is going to be a four song EP on these red tapes. Um, right. Hopefully we're going to have, that's going to be coming in the fall. Um, I don't have it. that might just be a self-titled EP at this point. Um, but that's going to be coming out. Um, my old band, like I said, the Monostats—they have um, the new single coming out. I don't know. I, I am juggling like a bunch of different projects, like you do.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of it, doing the DIY aspect of it, where you're, you know, you're making the tapes, you're making the music, recording mm-hmm. the music, doing all of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the most, the, the liberating thing that I got to say that's happened in the past <clears throat> year or two that I never saw coming was, um, I mean, you know, of course, the, the the fact that everyone is getting back into um, vinyl and, and tapes and stuff is good. Vinyl is still prohibitively expensive to make at this point. Yeah. Unless you, um, you know, are going to sell them all. <laughs> um, or play a lot of shows or whatever you know I'd like I'm, I'm you know would love to do it but um, uh, in order to you know like get you know when I was putting out tapes and CDs and stuff like I have a lot of a lot of covers and shit and I'm realizing that they're only like exclusive on on these physical releases and um, I put them up on Bandcamp and stuff and haven't gotten flagged um, for the most part here I am incriminating myself
0: but um, I did the same thing <laughs> Bandcamp. camp. I didn't get flagged, but my shit got taken down off Spotify.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that, um, um, yeah, so that's, that, that kind of sucks. But now that, um, you know, services exist, like I used to back in the day, um, you know, write to the copyright office and to get clearance for cover songs. Um, and that was a pain in the ass. And, um, but now now that you can do that all online through um you know i use distrokid um now i've been able like i, I don't want to like just release a whole bunch of shit all at once but I've been like like for example this against me cover that i'm releasing this month um you know i can pretty much like release a cover song for let's disinfect every month because i have this backlog of them that never got uploaded you know like uh, you know, the, the Spotify or like, you know, a, the, the version of one of my albums was like up online and it's only eight tracks long because the two cover songs got, you know, nixed off yeah. YouTube or whatever. So, um you know, going back and paying all those licensing fees sucks. But, um you know, if you do it once a month, it's like semi-affordable.
0: Yeah, but, it, seems <laughs> like, it seems like some of them are starting to actually work with artists a little bit in the mm-hmm. terms of it. Because like I know mm-hmm. like Spotify, I think it's like not Spotify, uh, like tune core. That's mm-hmm. the one I use. It's like, I think 15 or 20 a year mm-hmm. and you can do unlimited releases. So I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. Pushes me to try and make more shit <laughs> mm-hmm. and like I, I put out like a single under the terror tunes name, but it's not terror tunes. Because mm. they tried to charge me more, so I'm just like, all right, this is this is a different entity. This is TerraTunes yeah. presents.
1: <laughs> that's a that's a good way to get around it, yeah. Like um, fuck the yeah DistroKid limits you by the pr- name of projects. So you know, I, I I'm a fan of just creating like one off project names that release you know just one EP here there you know just like fucking you know, um, yeah mysterious bands that have no background whatsoever and just release one little thing and you can't do that um you know without having like you know i've maxed out my i think five or seven accounts that you can have already oh shit! (laughs) um, without going to like label label mode
0: oh that is pretty awesome though just having a bunch of just different random things yeah
1: I mean, it it, it can be, I mean, it's bad if you're trying to create, um, you know, a fan base of any kind.
0: But then you could just throw it all on a link tree, just each one on a link tree. Right. So then everyone could just click it, hit the things, but still so much work. Wish it it was easier. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I thought they told us when we got instruments and stuff we would just make a bunch of money and just be able to do that for the rest of our lives right
1: <laughs> or um like yeah i mean i thought well having you know I'm, I'm not discrediting having the ability the number one thing that that made my life easier was having the ability to record to record oneself you know oh yeah uh, having going from like a four track tape recorder to like you know having a computer that can record That's really something that people, you know, and, you know, before us didn't have access to. And that's been great. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd give that up for much. Um, But other than that, a lot of the technology and and advancements and stuff are really the replacements for not having extra people, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, if you had like, you know, four or five member band plus a manager, plus like, you know, booking agent, all that
0: shit. And like, You wouldn't have to do everything um you know yourself or whatever sometimes it is fun having you know the control to just like you know really go at your own pace and like Mm -hmm. do things certain ways but then it's i find it's it just it sucks what it comes like for the creative input so that i start just sending around to people like hey what do you think of this what do you think of that like Mm -hmm. try to just because I start second-guessing myself and I put myself at a standstill. Like, that's my biggest issue with it. True. You gotta do that or else, yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, I gotta do that sometimes or else I'll just, like, never, not never release it, but just get, yeah, just keep going back and going back. And it's not even, like, a second-guessing thing. It's just, like, I get apathetic towards it. Like, I've heard it too much. Yeah, something, you know and at, at some point i'm just like even if i'm not sure it's ready here than say it's done not because i think it's the best just because i'm sick of it yeah you know <laughs> and that's probably not that's probably not the best approach
0: yeah and you say it earlier along with the music you also do the music videos and everything too so it's like really hammering all the duties of the music the film the you know producing everything and it's it's fun <laughs> as, as long as you have fun doing it that's all that matters because it's I find once I start stressing too much about projects and it stops being fun then I just put shit down and walk away so it's like mm. as long as you're enjoying it right yeah you only,
1: got, you only got yourself if you don't have if you don't have like you know, someone calling you up and saying, hey, fucking you got to make it to band practice or someone knocking on your door being like, hey, um, we ba- we practice at your house. You know, <laughs> I need I need that shit, honestly, like some days to, you know, um, that would be helpful. But like, you know, everyone needs that.
0: I was about to say, dance. I was about to say the bands had been it. it was great. Not having to go anywhere, being the drummer. Right, that's, that's the beauty of being the drummer. But I've been woken up a few times, just like uh, they're like, "Hey, we got practice." I'm like, "Shit!" <laughs> just like roll out of bed, throw myself behind the kit, and I'm just like, oh. "I am." It's yeah. it is fun though, stressful but fun. Yeah, what's like, the just, to other people? I
1: just sold because I've I've moved to an apartment now, and I just I just uh, sold my drum set like last week. And, um, it was such a, such a, like a rite of passage, you know, like I don't want to keep paying for a storage unit, um, that I can't practice in or whatever. So like fucking time, time to, time to admit that you live in an apartment and sell the drum set, <laughs> but, um, you know, I got, I got my samples.
0: Yeah. I, got- I see all the keyboards and stuff in the back. <laughs> yeah. I see your tower of power. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean that
1: that that's one of those things that you got to do. But um, yeah, I miss I miss yeah having yeah the, being being the drummer is so great when you live um, you know in a situation where you have the drum set at your house. Like the last band I was a drummer for was in New York, where you're at the whim of house kits and stuff, and yeah. you're like you know lugging. You know, at least like your, your your snare and pedal and cymbals like on the subway. And, you know, that that shit got old.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I couldn't even imagine it. It's like every time I play New York, like people are like, you got to take a train in. I'm like, nah, I'm just driving. I'm just driving. I'm dealing with it. Because I'm like, I don't want to be walking all around with all this shit. And like, mm-hmm. I rather I rather fight for parking and just unload it.
1: Yeah, not not as a not as a drummer. And then, yeah, I was in a band where I played um where I played synth, and um, the guy wanted me to use like his Juno that weighed like twenty five pounds or something like that. So it was like this fucking massive synth, and that was terrible too. I don't know. I have a lot of I have a lot of scars, like physical, like scars on my legs and shit from banging into music equipment in on stairs and subways
0: and shit. Drum stands are by far the worst. Every time anyone helps me with my gear, it's yeah. always the stands that I hear mm. someone going, Oh, shit. Like, yeah, You're I turn pinched. around and, yeah, finger caught and doing it in the cold. Oh, my God. I don't <laughs> know how many times my finger just cut right open. I'm like, Oh, what? Why did I choose to do this? <laughs> All right to our guest socials as we go for a little ego trip trip, 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 trip. All right, Sean I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about I have one more question before we wrap it up but I don't know if there's anything you want to talk about that you do before we start to um who's the end
1: god um no I think I think we covered it all I think oh god um, Nope, that was last month. I heard on, I heard on NPR that it was like some kind of, it was national, um, um, hand washing or, or safety month. So shout out to sanitation or something. <laughs>
0: um,
1: no, I don't remember now. No, nope. I know
0: What's we're recording. We're recording on national ghostbuster day. So I know after oh, okay. this, okay. I'm That's gonna sh- I'm gonna strip down naked and throw on my proton pack once uh, I turn the camera off. <laughs> but uh, my right. question, because Return of the Living Dead, you said kind of pushed you to mm-hmm. you know punk horror. Don't have to give an amount, but just rattle off some of your favorite horror okay. movies.
1: Okay, well, definitely um, the the top. I have to divide like I mean there's like zombie movies and then there's everything else. Oh yeah. And then the top two zombie movies are a tie being Return of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead. And they both I mean they're equally good, but Day of the Dead has like superior special effects and is super like negative and like not funny at all. Whereas Return of the Living Dead is like hilarious. Yeah. So they're both they're both my favorites. And one I saw when I was a kid versus one I saw later in life, so like they're influential in different ways. Um, other than zombie movies, fucking um, um, Last Temptation of Christ is one I've been watching a lot lately, with Willem Dafoe and Harvey Keitel. Um, that one, that one's just really dry. Um, takes place in the desert, <laughs> being about <Jesus laughs> and it's just—I mean, it's just like—I mean, it, it's it's funny in its own way um, Yeah. then like uh i got most of the, like the, the other movies i like that i got songs about um like ravenous uh, that's a really good one the one about um um i don't know if you've seen that ravenous but it's, it's i got, haven't okay it's it's a cannibal movie that's kind of like a take on the donner party myth um it's got guy pierce um want to say it took place or no came out in like 96 or something like that anyway but it's all it's all very snowy and got a lot of cannibal blood and gore um yeah and and like i mean for funny stuff i mean i like um yeah shawn of the dead of course is a classic oh yeah yeah um and the hellraiser series like i thought the new hellraiser um was like fucking phenomenal and i really hope that they go further with that
0: Um, i still gotta watch it maybe i'll watch that tonight
1: it's so good i mean it's i've I've only seen it three times um like the lead lead character is kind of annoying but you know it's a she makes bad decisions and you're not necessarily supposed to like her um and there's like a couple of horror tropes that are like you're like okay but um, in general, the, the the makeup is great. The, the Cenobites, some of them like are really inventive. And um, the ending is just like, the, like the, one of the best endings I've ever seen in a movie ever. Really? Um, yeah. So the Hellraiser series, I'd say, out of any of the franchises, um, is my favorite of the franchises.
0: It's one you really don't hear get much love often. So that's awesome. I love that answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I
1: mean, some of, some of them are pretty shitty. I mean, don't get me yeah.
0: wrong. uh, Every franchise has it though. I my favorite franchise is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I Mm -hmm. have no room to talk about anything. I I love every movie for its own reasons, Mm -hmm. despite how shitty some of them are. Right. What's your favorite one? Oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Mine too. That's why I say like how I have like the promo stuff. It's like that's my pride and joy of like because if I always say if someone never saw a horror movie and said show me a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw one is my go to without a doubt pick watch right. this movie this is horror yeah and then after that that's like now there's different types and you know show them zombies and stuff like that but mm-hmm. from that first one to that second one it's just like what the hell but the second <clears throat> one it's just because the first one's got barely any blood this one mm-hmm. has full like skinning sequences right but it's also hysterical in its own exactly. way. And it's just like, what the fuck they, happened? That's, that's one of the few times they push
1: like they push the direct boundaries in every direction, but actually get it right.
0: Yeah, and then like part three, like part is a very underrated, you mm-hmm. know, movie. It's good. Then you get next generation. And it's just like, I don't know what you were going for. I get what you're going for, but just, I don't know why. But it's like it, it still just has its stuff with it that I enjoy. And like even the latest one that came out, like that was. Yeah. The, the one scene and it's like one of my top Texas Chainsaw scenes, but the movie itself, I'm just sitting there, I'm like, ah, really, really rather not be watching this, but <laughs> I'm I'm going to watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they can always that's going to be one that they can always reboot over
0: and over forever yeah and and they could always change it up slightly here like the like the first remake and uh the prequel they did off of at the beginning mm. yeah like I think it was like what 2001 2003 like yeah, those weren't bad the, they really weren't bad it's I I like the old school Leatherface face look but like with the gore and the new ageness of it and I mean mm. it definitely one of the very th- like I, dark Yeah, one of the top like remakes and the prequel goes beautifully with it. Like, so I'm like, yeah, they they knocked it out of the park with it. I just I love the classic just yellow apron, Mm. yellow apron, leather face. It's like, ah, spinning around. Mm. Yep. (laughs) All right, Sean. Well, this is the section of the show where we call the ego trip. And it's for you to just rattle off your social medias, wherever people can find you, listen to your music, and basically just that.
1: Cool. Um, Yeah, my uh, Let's Disinfect is up at letsdisinfect.bandcamp.com Searchable on all of the Spotify's and all that shit. Um, uh, Instagram being Let's underscore disinfect underscore punk. Because um, the previous one was taken by my bass player in my old band. Shout out to Dan. Um, and uh, "Give Me the Knife" we're up on there. Um, uh, Give Me the Knife Um Sometimes abbreviated as GMTK, because that's um, industrial. Um, other than that, I mean, I got some other shit up at seanmonestat.bandcamp.com, com like some acoustic stuff and. All that other crap. Um yeah, I mean if you go to those three, you'll probably be able to find most of the stuff. Um the, the monostats.bandcamp.com. That's the other one I gotta shout out because
0: um we have a project coming out soon. So yeah,
1: that's
0: it. Oh yeah. And active stuff. Sounds good to me. And I'll make sure all the links are in like the description, everything. So anyone listening, you're on the phone already. More than likely, go fucking check them out. <laughs> Much obliged. And I'm Nicholas Christian. You can find me at cult underscore sure underscore at Instagram and Facebook, at terror underscore tunes, T O O N S underscore on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, uh, terror tunes.bandcamp.com. Got music and all sorts of goodies on there, toys, merch, paintings. I said I was going to put on, but never did. Maybe they'll oh. be up now. Who knows? The weekend's coming. And that's about it. And I think it's time to close it out with the plug of July 8th at the the Oasis in uh, Forkid River, New Jersey. I think it's 106 Parker Ave. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to find it. Myself, an early show, yeah. It, we Jacob wanted to do an early show, and I like it. You know, mm-hmm. leaves the night open. There's some stuff to do in the area. Yeah. Grab some food after or something. But got myself. Got let's disinfect. You got Ruggy Rugs, and you got Vomit Cord along with vendors. You got Grim Garden, who uh, Dave Nace was on the show before. Keep pushing production. Tyler Carlson was on the show before. Hop. The editor of the pod. Yeah, I'm talking to you, bud. Uh, Creations by Ch- uh, Kels. And then. Danks. I think it's Dank something. I forget, but it's. Uh, party favors, we'll say. <laughs> but yeah, and probably going to be adding other other stuff on there. And this is going to be the first of a few leading up to the show to kind of help promote. So if you're listening. Get your ass out there. You got some time. Yes. (laughs) But Sean, thanks so much for coming on, man. It was great talking to you and learn more about you. And can't wait to play the show with you. I know. It was great talking to you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, man. Anytime. You take it easy and I'll be seeing you in a month or so. All right. I'll see you physically then. Cool. Later. Bye bye. Playing us out on this week's episode of the Cold short
1: Podcast is less disinfect with their song, Death Lips